So now we've buried the Queen, why stop there? Why not bury the entire monarchy? That may seem harsh, but hear me out. The monarchy is not just a symbol of inequality, it actively upholds it. King Charles's mum dies, he inherits 400 million and he pays zero inheritance tax. If your mum dies, you pay 40%. And I bet you don't have 20 billion worth of assets to back you up. The Crown Estate is worth between 15 and 30 billion pounds, while 4 million children live in poverty. And we've got more food banks than branches of McDonald's. And where did they get their vast wealth? Violence, imperialism, colonialism. The British monarchy is built on violence. And I say this as a former British soldier. It's time to take the opportunity to throw the monarchy on the scrap heap of history where it belongs. I'm Joe Glenton, journalist, author, former soldier and traitor to the crown. Probably before I was ever really political, I was from the mind of a child, kind of a Republican. It never really made sense. But that said, I am, in a much more literal sense than many people, an actual traitor to the crown. Of course, I signed an oath to the Queen many years ago when I joined the military. But even then, I didn't really buy into it. I was never a Queen and Country kind of person. This is a group of people who basically came to power or their ancestors came to power because they were more violent, more vicious, more sneaky than another group of people who were also vying for power and they have managed to hold on to power. People say, talk about how it's a constitutional monarchy, it's not a tyranny, but it is a tyranny, but it's a quiet tyranny and it's a tyranny we can kind of tolerate because it's wrapped in pageantry and this kind of shroud of democracy. I always remember the words of Peter Oborn in his book about the Chilcot Inquiry, and he talks about Britain as a modern state with a medieval core, the Privy Council and things like that. And I think when you start to scratch the surface, you can see all the times that the monarchy, in my lifetime, has intervened in politics. Whether it's the Queen didn't want black household servants, they wanted to be exempt from particular laws relating to climate change, or Prince Charles's, now King Charles's, famous spider letters in his scratchy handwriting trying to influence government on particular issues. Charles was the most senior royal to act as a kind of frontman for the arms trade. He's not the only one. Prince Andrew was a frontman for the arms trade, a man who has links to Epstein, the late paedophile, who was bailed out with 12 million of our money. Endless stories about them storing their money in tax havens. You look at the massive amounts of wealth and land they own. You look at their continued and increasingly unwanted lording over the former colonies. These are massively powerful people. And I think just on that basis, you should be critical of the monarchy. And again, if they have no power, if they're just symbolic, then why was the whole country in effect locked down and certainly locked to a particular kind of media coverage? Why was it force-fed so many journalists who I'm sure on any other topic probably are capable of impartiality, just turned into stenographers for the monarchy. But there is a line to be drawn between grieving, even a national grieving process over a public figure, and just being a boot-licking sycophant. And that is how a lot of senior journalists in the mainstream media came across. There was no space whatsoever for anything except the top-down kind of narrative. First of all, republicanism is a legitimate viewpoint and it is legitimate to express it at any time. And I don't care if it's the Queen's funeral or the King's coronation. It is a long and grand tradition in this country because so much of what we are concerned with, the commons, landlords, unaccountable power, runs straight through the monarchy. And yet there's this kind of baked in deference to power, which runs all the way through British politics, the whole spectrum which stops us asking those questions when they need to be asked. Why are you so subservient to someone you don't even know? Sod off. Go away. Don't call me again. I can't stand you. You disgust me.
the right wing are the, and it's been evident in the last in the last week or so, the kings of council culture. Not a word can be uttered which is critical of the Queen or the monarchy. And it's not to say there are problems on the liberal left and the further left, but certainly the right love the idea of unaccountable authority. It's part of their ideology. Every commentator going was virtue signaling for the last 10 days or so. What we've just seen is like a nuclear state-mandated mass virtue signal. What was the cue, if not a mass virtue signal? David Beckham, God bless him, had queued up, but Holly and Phil had pushed in. And all of the people commenting on it completely ignored in their conversation about equality and privilege that they were all queuing up to see the coffin of a 96-year-old billionaire who had inherited by accident of birth gigantic power in this country. And I think we can do better than that. People are down in the queue saying they're happy to the human respect to people. Wanting to be part of history. It is a historic moment, but maybe not in the way that most people whose view is um, kind of obscured by a weird sycophantic love of the monarchy would um, understand. The British state is being remade before our eyes. I think that's the historical aspect. What we're seeing is the kind of mythologies of British identity being reformed and remoulded. There's been an attempt to delink the royals from colonialism, the Queen particularly. How much land is owned around the world by the monarchy? You have to explain why they own billions of acres, billions of acres of land across the world. The monarchy is an institution of violence. It's built around violence, our colonial history and our imperial history. The Queen oversaw the last phase of the British Empire and was centrally involved in that. And even more recently, the royal prerogative has been exercised to enforce parts of the colonial settlement. In particular, the Chagos Islanders, Diego Garcia, the Privy Council ruled that they couldn't return to their homeland. And then you can just look at the kind of accoutrements the monarch has on their person when they're in their costume of state. Diamonds from this former colony, gold from this former colony, opals from another former colony, sapphires from somewhere else. They are absolutely centrally involved in colonialism and, and were from the very beginning and they continue to be when they go and tour around hedonistically getting carried around on racks by the islanders in some former part of the empire. It's absolutely central to their identity. As I've said, it embodies inequality. It's not just a symbol of inequality. It is the ultimate expression. People who God decided could be in charge. That's literally the terms we're speaking in here. And we have to argue with that. One argument that's leveled against Republicans is that if we had a president, we'd have a Trump. We'd have this kind of corporate sponsored demagogue. As if Liz Truss isn't that already. As if Boris Johnson isn't that already. As if the monarchy isn't that already. As if Prince Charles isn't a front man for arms firms, as if the Queen, even though she maybe didn't publicly do that stuff, didn't tacitly let it happen, tacitly endorse it. And it's also a question about the kind of society you want to have. A lot of monarchists come to you and go, are you a Republican so you'd want a president? That would be rubbish. And it's like, no, I'm not trying to replace what we have now with some other kind of crap capitalist society, guys. I want a completely different kind of society, which is much more communal and is based on sharing things. I mean, if I had just inherited billions and billions of pounds, massive amounts of land, gigantic amounts of privilege, at the point when the country I claim to serve is about to plunge into an energy crisis, is in the midst of an escalating cost of living crisis, I would probably put my hand in my pocket and cough up and pay for some things. And the fact that they have not, and I suspect will not, probably tells you a lot. And you should think about that, because these people aren't like you. They believe they are appointed by God or their genes.
to rule over you. And I think this is exactly the time amid all those colliding crises to start thinking about that. All the questions which concern people who are interested in justice and equality, they all at some point run smack bang through the middle of the British monarchy. And we have to take it into account. We can't just circumvent it or shy away from it or because one of them's died, take our foot off the gas because that is precisely the time to critique rather than just allowing the kind of accession to roll through. People are literally starving. Pensioners will die this winter because they can't heat their homes. And I think it should really bring that into relief. But of course, there is a problem. The British disease is deference, deference to power. And it hasn't always been like that. We have got rid of a king once in this country and they called it the first two years of freedom. And it's something that we should not try and recreate. We're not doing cosplay but it's something we should consider. What could the world look like? What could Britain look like without this mafia family at its head? As we've seen in the last few days, an independent media, which is critical and free thinking, is more important than ever. So if you want a media that isn't sycophantic and doesn't spend days and days doing coverage of royal coffins, support Double Down News on Patreon.